Welcome to Amplified. We're the show that will help you take your message, whatever it may be, and get it out through social media, networking, and other marketing channels. Maybe even some that you've never thought of. Whether you're an organization, small or large business, or you just have the next positive message that's sure to go viral, you'll want to stay tuned this hour. Now, here's your host, Ken Rashawn. Welcome, welcome. This is Ken Rashawn in Washington, D.C. Still, I guess you can say Happy New Year, so the month's not over. And this show, wow, this is a show I have been waiting to do for quite some time. Dr. June Juniper, Juniverse Davidson, is going to be on our show, and she's going to share her amazing story. And then we have uh, a gentleman, Theo Davies, who is actually responsible for bringing one of my favorite people in the world, unfortunately a friend that has passed, um, a movie, and a beautiful movie, one that not only touches the heart, but is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, given that I have thousands and thousands of movies in my repertoire, my library. I thank Theo for doing the job that Mike, uh, that uh, Frank did in life to create a movie that would actually exemplify brilliance and giving. I don't think uh, we can say enough about how much Theo means to us with regard to what he did for Frank. So how are you, Andrea? I'm doing wonderful. And uh, tell everyone here, I suppose I'll let you guys know. I, I'm, I'm uh, so excited to see Ken this morning. I had the privilege of spending 16 days with him as we were doing wonderful creation of things for the Keep Smiling movement. And so I am now back in Ohio with my family. And so uh, it's so fun to see him again this morning because we really had some amazing things happen. So super great work that we um, had happen in the world, huh? Yeah, and... Uh... Yeah, we're going to talk about it in a second. So let's bring Theo on to allow him to not only share uh, what he'd like to share today, but also to give a real big shout out to what we're going to create next week. Absolutely. Hi. And so there he is. Hi, Theo. Uh, hi. How are you both doing? Uh, well, I'll tell you, I'm sentimental, actually. Um, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just mentioning your name makes me think of Frank and makes me think of the movie. And that by itself without Frank just passing would be enough to make me feel sentimental. So I, I want to say something to you. Um, yeah. So what you did with that movie, uh, there wasn't a person that wasn't crying uh, the first time there was a premiere at secret knock and it only got better and more interesting with how you took it to Hollywood and took it to the world. I want to tell you something that saddens me the most. And I learned a lesson this past weekend. Um, this book, Dose of Hope, 800 pages, has Frank's, uh, Frank's story. And unfortunately, he'll never see that book. And it taught me mm. not only how life is precious, but when you care about somebody, get it done so they know while they're living that it's done. So that's the uh, saddest thing about this weekend for me with regard to how much he meant to me. I wanted to give him this and send it to him. So... Uh, we have a big show for him next week, and it's to honor him. And I was thinking about the number of people he impacted uh, before the show, and I don't think it's calculable. Um, I mean, just the people mm. that got the wishes is one number. The people that they impacted yeah. is another number. The people mm. that were impacted from that is another number. I mean, we're not talking about millions. We're talking potentially tens of millions of people. Yeah, exactly. 
Yeah, no, that's that's right. I think um, I think the number at the moment for for Make a Wish is is, is over five hundred thousand wishes that have been granted, and 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 Frank, yeah, Frank always used to say if you multiply the that number by even four or five just for the immediate family that's you know you're looking at well over two million and then you're looking at friends and family in that other in that in their circles you are looking at tens of millions of people all over the world because there's i think 38 chapters or 40 chapters now uh internationally so there are at least uh, 38 or 40 countries that now that have make a wish uh um, within that that country where they're doing um they're, they're granting wishes for children in in those countries and um so yeah, the, the number is is it goes into tens of millions. What that number is, um, you know, who knows? But it's it's a huge number, and and that does uh, and that's a, that's, a, that's a great legacy. Yes, and uh, when we use the word impact, we don't use it lightly. We're talking about life changing, yeah. um, not just impact with a smile that caused someone's day to be better. We're talking about causing right. someone's life to be better. And yeah. uh, I, I want to tell you, Theo, something that you may have experienced as well. But whenever Frank would speak. There was always someone in the room that would stand up and say, I'm a Make-A-Wish candidate. And all right, all right. they said it in a way that said, I owe you my life. Yeah, that's that's very true. Wherever you've spoken, and you know, we all know people, or know people who know people, or you know, whether it's through friends, family, who um, who who whose lives have been impacted by a wish, or um, you know, a a, a, a child's um, life being changed for the better, and and uh, and yeah, wherever he spoke, there was always somebody there in the audience, at least one who who had that kind of experience. Um, so wherever, wherever he traveled to, to, to talk about his, his life or his book or the movie or whatever he was talking about, whether it's just for, you know, the inspiration of how he started the foundation, there was always somebody there who was emotional and, and, and usually in tears to, and thanking him. Um, and it's very unexpected because, you know, he, he, wherever he went, there was somebody who, who would thank him. Um, and I mean, how, how many of us can say that? Can you can go to a place where there's, there's a few hundred people and you have people standing up thanking you personally for, um, for a life-changing experience. That doesn't happen very often. Well, we have a life-changing guest, Dr. June Davidson, that I'm going to send you the recording later. I, I'm not sure if you're going to be able to hear the whole thing, but I want to say that uh, with what you did with Make-A-Wish uh, Hero and Wishman, you are certainly invited to share your inspirational story because I think you are that type of person that has many stories and I would love to hear yours, but in a world where there's people without hope and possibly mm -hmm. even worse depression and possibly even worse than that, thinking that yeah. their life is worthless. Um, we need people like Frank. We need people like you that see a sign. So first of all, um, where's your accent from? Um, England. <laughs> yeah, I, I, uh, I, I moved out here in 2009. So it's been just, yeah, this is my, my, my 12th year here now. Um, so I still have it. I just about, um, it, well, we bloody love you. Yeah. We, <laughs> like, love you, man. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of, uh, I, I do whenever I, there might be a slight American twang kind of entering into my, my, uh, my accent, <laughs> my, um, my, my wife gets me on the phone with some of my English friends and family to, to, to refresh it. So, um, yeah, still, still there. Um, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I still have it pretty much, uh, from, from, yeah, from, from the day I got here. So it's, it's, uh, well, I haven't lost it yet. Two quick questions and we'll let you go. And these will be expanded and possibly repeated next week. So sure. one question is how did you even find out about Frank and what caused you to pick this as, a project that would consume you well it was it was at uh, the, a secret knock event in uh in 
it was 2013, uh, which I, I think it was around uh, April or May 2013, and um, I was filming the event for Greg Reed, you know, who who, who obviously runs the Secret Knock event, and um, I was I put together a, a kind of short film where there was a person who was supposed to go to the event, um, and it was it was an actress who's kind of planted in the audience, and we're supposed to follow her inspirational story and how Secret Knock kind of changes her life, and so I. I was working with Greg and, you know, he, he, he brought me on, he, you know, he'd seen some of my work and we, we kind of uh, talked about, um, make a film together. And we, that was, that was something we do. You know, he said, we, we, I've always wanted to make a movie. It's on my bucket list. That's what he said to me. And, and so, uh, we, we, we decided to make a film together. And then once Frank spoke and had 350 or 400 people in tears at the secret knock event, and you know, uh, Greg had interviewed him and asked him a lot of personal questions. And, and we, we basically sat down with, uh, Frank after the, uh, after the secret knock event, we just, um, had, had, a a bite to eat with him and, and just um, asked him if he would uh, be interested in us telling his story. Mm. And he was kind of in sh- a bit in shock, but he was kind of uh, very excited about the prospect of, of doing that. And so uh, it just kind of started with that conversation with just us three having uh, having uh, dinner together. And then um, from there, Greg and I, you know, you know, Greg, and once he gets an idea in his head that he wants to do, he, he doesn't stop until that becomes a reality. So um, both of us are very determined to do it. So um, I think, you know, within a pre- a week or two, um, Greg had dealt with all the kind of you know contracts and rights with Frank, and I was I was you know sitting down to talk with Frank and having phone calls and emails to find out more about his his life, and he was sending me anything he could send me with with personal accounts of his life and his memories and experiences. So the whole thing just happened very very quickly. So so you know by the summer uh, 2013, I was I was I started to write the script. Um, Working well, very we don't, want, we don't want to let the cow out of the bag because we're going to. Sure, yeah, but that was that was the that was the inception anyway. <laughs> well, that is beautiful, yeah. and I and I I really didn't want to cut you off because it's so beautiful what you're saying. Uh, but I do yeah. want to make sure that we share this next week. In sure, length. of course. Yeah. Um, so Frank said something to me uh, probably around 2017 or 18, which I thought was kind of funny, and it something I think you'll appreciate. He said. Well, there's supposed to be a boombie about me. I don't know if it will ever happen <laughs> because he had said that he had been told the movie would be happening. And the audience, I want them to hear this, that in 2013, a vision and a conversation caused probably the most amazing movie to ever be released. In my opinion, um, 2019, right, is when it came out? Roughly? It was, yeah, 2019. That's right. Yeah, uh, June 6th. Okay, yeah. so I'm going to ask you a cliche question. So two, two things about it, Shay. And two, um, a brief answer, because I want to save the longer answer for the show next week. Sure, yeah. right? So how did the, the movie change your life? Well, I think, I think like anyone who, who met Frank and, and realized, you know, what, what, what a man he what, what kind of a man he was and, and, you know, his, uh, all his, all his kind of life his ideals and, and, um, the way he, his outlook on life in general and how that really helped, helps people. Um, I was, when I first met him and I saw him speak, I was just, I was just another person in the audience enjoying his message and his, and his you know, life experience and what he did with, with, with the foundation. And by the time we'd made the movie, um, I think it was, it's, it's like with any, with any movie, you know, you become a family, you become very close to the people you're working with, whether it's cast or crew. And this was a lot more personal than any other kind of, you know, experience or, or project I worked on because, because of what was um, almost the importance behind it. Mm-hmm. We felt that it was, uh, I, I felt this sort of unwavering desire to kind of honor him and, and to, to do his story justice and, and his life justice. 
And that was really the overriding thing. Every single decision I made was based on, is this going to, is this going to be the best possible outcome for, for sharing Frank's legacy in his life? And, and so cast. that was, um, yeah. So we, even though it's very personal experience that that's what changed for me was just, uh, it wasn't just any other project. It was a personal project with a, an, an incredibly important message behind it. Um, because of what Frank had started, it was, it was really just trying to honor the man who started that message. Yes. And, um, without that start again, not the impact we're talking about. Um, right. I, I will, I'll make sure that you get a copy of this electronically at least. Uh, yeah, okay. I'd love that. Thank you. And um, I want to invite you, we're going to be having 12, 12 volumes, Theo. So wow. you right. know some people and this is a crazy attempt, but the download I got is that I'm supposed to do 10,000 pages and divide it into 800 page um, printed books. Okay. Yeah. And we're playing at the level of William Paul Young from the shack uh, is in this too. So, oh, great. Fantastic. So we, we, we trust that you and the people that you pick to be in here um, will awaken people that there is hope. And so I want to thank you again for being on for the cameo and look forward to a longer conversation next week. But um, from the you bottom too. of my heart, thank you for embracing Frank because I don't think anyone could have done it better. That, that is such a beautiful movie and a project you did. Well, thank you. That means a lot. And I think, you know, that knowing the journey, we weren't on to get it made. And, 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 you know, when you say Frank was wondering whether it was ever going to get made, we, we all thought that at different points uh, during our, our journey, but we, we never gave up because of the importance of the story and the message. Yeah. So thank you for that. And that's the, actually the most important thing you could say is don't give up on hope. So thank you. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's, that was the, the overriding uh, kind of feeling behind the project was that we're going to make this no matter what. And it doesn't matter if it takes five years, 10 years, 15 years, we're going to tell this story and uh, make the film. And yeah, never giving up became our, our real mantra. Well, the other thing, Theo, as I'm sure you're aware, is if it had been released too soon, it wouldn't be what it is. No, that's right, and and like you mentioned earlier, it's it's uh, it was the importance for us was was to tell the story so that he could enjoy it and he could you know share it with his family and 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 friends and everyone else. So, um, it that was very important for us to to kind of make sure we 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 did get it done and and so he could all enjoy it and and Frank more than anyone. So, um, yeah, there was there was a very even behind the the project, there's a very strong message of not giving up and and persevering and and uh, and yeah, never giving up on your dreams. Well, Theo, I know I've only met you with a handshake, but I want to tell you sincerely, I love you and thank you for what you've done. Thanks, Ken. I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Thanks, Theo. I'll follow up with you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks. Bye-bye. Look who we have here, this gorgeous woman. We have the Juniverse. Yes. Thank you. The the 10th planet. The 10th planet. (laughs) June, I'm I'm going to certainly uh, yield to our producer, our, my publicist, and the person who makes these shows happen. But I'm so excited. <laughs> so am I. This is great. Thank well, you. Let, well, let's give you a proper introduction and bring you on the show. Well, June Davidson's appearance today has been brought to you by Opus.Finance, a decentralized global system, processing system for the people by the people, Big Events USA, Perfect Publishing, Voice America Influencers Channel, The Red Carpet Connection, and Ah. The Umbrella Syndicate. Yes, so June, Mm. you are loved by all of our sponsors. So June Davidson, she's the president of the Coaching Firm International, an American seminar leader Association. Now she developed the coaching firm International to develop coaches to use her newly developed methods of specially niching the coaches in their areas of expertise, passion, and knowledge 
Besides learning how to be a coach, she has um, been working 12-month-long coaches trainings in different circles to help her students promote their practice, how to host radio shows, how to put together their premium coaching packages, how to co-author eBooks in their niche, and really start their business on the highest power and facilitate seminars and become a partner at CFI. She has done so many amazing things with her intellectual masterworks, which was cited in a doctoral thesis. And she has Coacher Sizes, which are mini classes developed to teach novice and seasoned coaches different topics as their needs arise. She's always been a fan of Leonardo da Vinci and his oh, thought yes. processes. And she has yes. included that in. She taught at the University of Bucharest, Romania. Uh, she co-authored a book on communication. She's developed coaching materials with uh, Thomas Leonard at Coachville, trained under Dr. Susan Skiffington's Executive Coaching Institute. And she has even worked with the practices on the Harvard campuses. She's received the NF, NAFE Women of Excellence Award, the President G.W. Bush and President Barack Obama's recognition awards for her community work. And she's a member of NAPW, and which was founded for Women Against Child Trafficking, um, which is also VAL, Voices of Women. And she's on the faculty at CEO Space. So June, and she wore red so she could match me today. So thank, thank you, you so much. <laughs> Our favorite color. June, do you see my photo? Oh, my goodness, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Different that hat. Look good. at that. Isn't that great? Yeah, I think it's wonderful. Send it. Yeah, I just look. I look at it all day. That's what I know. Ah. So yeah, I just. See, Jim, I told this... you he he loves you more than me. See. Uh, well, we so both June. love him equally, but I think yeah. I love him. Yes, we were fighting over Ken last week on on who loves him more. Yes. Well, June, we have a big show and we have so little time, so I'm going to actually skip the break today if it's okay with you, Andrea. I think this is a show we need to get every okay. minute we can. So, um, June, so first. First of all, like in a minute, what did you think about Theo and Frank Shankwitz? Well, I meant I think it's awesome. There's a lot of things going on that we need to to expose to the world and the people that can benefit from it. Very good. So you have a story we would like to include in the Dose of Hope, and you certainly have a new book coming out this year that I'm excited to not only be publishing, but to represent you and to help let the world know what a brilliant person you are with such a big oh, heart. So we want to start with the beginning. So if you could tell the audience where you were born and also what your childhood was like. Well, I was born in Star City, Arkansas, close to Dice, Arkansas, and I grew up with Johnny Cash. Really? And I were in the same grade at school. So that's part of my history. But my whole life is, and I want everybody to know this, it's what others can see in you that makes a difference. So we're going to fast forward for a quick second. You have okay. a book coming out this, this uh, year. Yes. Tell us the title of the book. Coaching the Millionaire Within. And why is that so person, important? Why is it so important to you? Because you're the one that stops yourself from becoming the millionaire. And it's words that other people have put in you that's negative. You can walk down the street and somebody can say negative words to you and you'll swallow it and it becomes the poison of your past. So I've developed a way to stop you from swallowing it. Well, it seems like you're a very integral part of the Keep Smiling movement. <laughs> well, it's true. The, the quickest thing you can do that comes to you is smell. And it's smell that we shift you out of the negative into the positive with the brain pattern interrupt. 
Can I ask you a very personal question? Surely. What does a smile smell like? Depends upon who's smiling. <laughs> Always <laughs> the answer. So <clears throat> anything else you want to tell us about your childhood? No, that's mainly all, my whole life is, and this is what people should do, is allow others to see in them what they don't see in themselves. How are your parents? Well, my parents are both deceased. My mom is just like that. We went all over the world together. My mama lived to over 100. Nice. We to Thailand. We went to Hawaii. My mama were just, oh, she was, oh, yeah. So you, you owe a little bit of your vivaciousness to your mom? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> all right. So um, <clears throat> you've told me on many occasions when I've called you about how fortuitous your life is, how lucky your life is, how people just give you opportunities, money, land, businesses. Yes. Can, you, can you share um, the most important story first, and then we'll go to the second and the third? Well, when I was in Memphis, I worked as a legal secretary. So when I came to Pasadena, California, I put a little ad in the paper to be a legal secretary. So this man that answered the ad he had just passed the bar, and he was 80 years old. Now, he didn't have a legal business. He had a real estate business. But that's the first person that I recognized that could see in me what I could not see in myself. He had two sons working there, and one was very ill with a brain tumor, and I hadn't been there that long before he passed away. And the old son comes in to his dad and says to him, either you get out of this business or I'll go open my own. Now, that was a horrible thing to do, and I'm sitting listening to it. His father just says, okay, Lehman, go open your own business. He took me out to lunch the next day, and I had a contract drawn for me to buy the business. I didn't even have a license, real estate license, and I didn't want to buy any business, but I couldn't hurt his heart. So I signed in those days a $3,000 contract and didn't know how I was ever going to pay it. So I started working nights for other lawyers, and then uh, he passed away about four years later and left me $7,000. I had already paid off the three. The 7000 I sent to my mom and dad to buy a home for him. You must move things forward to help others. Don't hold on to it. So when, when did this happen, roughly? It was in the 50s. I okay. start adding up. So the next thing you say, now, June, how old are you? And you know what I'm going to say. Age is a number and mine's unlisted. <laughs> <laughs> well, God bless you for that. Thank you. Um, I don't know if you can tilt your camera a little bit so we can see a little more of your beautiful smile and the red that you're wearing. Oh, I'm, I probably could move my chair up a bit. Well, we don't want you in the sun, though. We, you no, no, Eugene fixed the blinds out there, and he did. Yeah, something. I asked him, and he was. Well, he did a great hard. job. <laughs> yeah, he does a, a good job. I see you got a couple books behind you. Oh my heavens! Yes, I write books, and I write workbooks. I love to write workbooks better than books. Yeah, so, why is that? Well, because you, you fill in the blanks, and there's all sorts of different things, and it's a project that helps other people. You know, some I agree. Write books and. And uh, it doesn't hit the mark. But so so that people can have a better 2021, what's your favorite workbook you've written? I believe it's going to be coaching the millionaire within, and there's a millionaire within everybody. Hmm. You have to access it. And so going with... back to Johnny Cash, did, did you have any other story beyond the fact that he was in your class? Did he give you a hug? Did he kiss you on the cheek? Oh, yeah. He was right across the road from me. 
we were neighbors. <laughs> nobody knew, you know, how he just went right to the top. And then he married June. June Carter. Yes, June Carter. So we, we still have a link, or we have a link. <laughs> so we know each other, and I, I usually do this early on, so I want to do it now. <clears throat> and by the way, just lean back a little bit so that sun's on your in your face. Is that better? And that's way better, okay. yeah. So okay. we know each other <clears throat> mainly because of Bernie Dorman. Yes. And Bernie Dorman had a vision called CEO Space, and I, I think in 13 forums that I went, I met you at least half of them. Yes. And you were always the vixen and the person willing to show your personality, hold my card, give me a big smile. And you even have one of your favorite photos. You want to tell the audience about that photo? Yes, it's a banana telephone. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite picture of all. Ken just gave me a banana and I thought, ooh, what a nice telephone. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jeff Hoffman uses that and there's some other very abundant and very influential people that use that photo. And I loved how playful you were when you were at CEO Space and you are the ultimate speaker and teacher because you engage your audience into actually creating something after the class. Thank you. Thank you. So why don't you talk about uh, briefly uh, either CO space, but more importantly, what you want to teach with your new book. Well, I want to teach everybody that they're the ones that are stopping themselves because it's been put in by negative people. Give you a know? couple examples that are a little more detailed. And have you ever had this happen to you? Probably, but not that it bothered me. <laughs> but I. So you're you're almost immune to the uh, you're you're almost immune to negativity or to bad self talk. Yes, because I don't swallow it. Mm -hmm. See, what happens is you'll swallow the negative, Ken, before you ever will the positive. And it'll Why just is that? Right down. Well, because it hurts. You know, you it hurts to swallow the positive? No, it hurts when somebody puts the negative into you. It hurts. Well, I thought you said you swallow the negative before you swallow the positive. So yes, because, it, yes. When, when you swallow the negative, that's what starts to stop you. So I created a brain pattern interrupt so you can interrupt your brain and not swallow the poison. Can you give it more detail? Well, I take you through uh, your lifetime and I take you through a smell that you can't stand. And I show you then how to interrupt the brain immediately by bringing that smell in that you can't stand. It's just a trigger to shift yourself and not swallow poison. Because that's what stops people. And it is poison. It's toxic. And it's, uh, mm -hmm. it festers. And it's, mm -hmm. like, uh, it's like COVID. Mm -hmm. Upside yes. down. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, so there's... Mm -hmm. Go ahead. You know, you go ahead. So I also use what I call ATAP, accessing your truth to accelerate your process. So after we go through the brain pattern, then we start accessing your real truth so you can just climb to the top. ATAP. ATAP. And that's in the book, too. Yes. You hope to have this book out when? Well, you'll have to tell me. <laughs> well, I, th I think, obviously, after the pandemic, but I would, I would like it in the yes. summertime. Yes. Yes. I think maybe around June. Yes. And I want to, oh, that would be a good one. <laughs> and so I want to get a is your, birthday, is your birthday in June? No. I know. I was born the 11th month, the 11th uh, day, and 11 p.m. Really? Really? Lucky number is all 11s. So technically, I was special. incorrect. Jun the universe is actually the 11th planet. 
Well, that's when I was born. Well, I put it as the 10th planet, but you actually go to 11. Yeah, 11. It's my lucky number. That's my a great number. Seven nine eleven two eleven. Well, I'm, I'm right next to you. My favorite number is 12, so I'm right next to you. Good, good, good. Wonderful. That's great to know. So uh, tell us more about your history. Uh, so what I would like to, the audience to hear is that you created who you are, and that's part of what your book is going to share, is that you decided how you wanted to be created. And you may not have known where it was going to take you, but you did choose to create yourself. Well, that's nice to know. <laughs> well, I when, you sign, when you signed that dotted line, you made a choice. Yes. And when you bought that business, you made a choice. When you made those payments of th up to $3,000, and back then I'm going to guess $3,000 was like, I don't know, 9000 18000 27000 oh, was that like? Probably 27000 That was a yeah. long time ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. Well, I remember when my dad bought a, uh, a Pontiac in, I think, 67, which is quite a bit after 50, he bought it for, I think, something like $1,000 or $600, mm -hmm. and that was considered a, a quite a sum of money. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yes, but that was my start. That was your start. So let's get in the middle ground. From middle ground of you own a business, what, what happened that caused you to create abundance, a millionaire mindset for yourself that you knew that you had proof that this works? Well, I'll tell you, it's all about assisting other people. It's not about <clears throat> me. It really is because the workbooks that I wrote and uh, then the people that started promoting me, there was one lady that came in and she hired people that taught seminars to go out on a cruise ship. And she had heard about the work I did. And she came in and she wasn't there 30 minutes and she left. And I thought, oh, I'm not getting that job. <laughs> By the time I got back to the office, she'd called and hired me. So I went out on ships and taught probate real estate because I was in the real estate business and very few people she had had an attorney teach it and she said it was horrible but she when she walked out I thought I'm not getting that job so people can see in you what you can't see in yourself so what could you not see in yourself that most people can't see in themselves well I couldn't see my signing up for money and then doing all the things I did, it wasn't in my vision, it just happened. Mm -hmm. And sometimes if we'll allow the things to happen, the blessings come in. I've been blessed all my life. Well, I don't know if it just happens. I, I'd like to explore that a little bit more. I, okay. think that, I think that you have the mindset that caused it to allow it to happen. There's, there's a distinction. I, I think people that are without hope would oh. not be a candidate for hope. They have to shift that they would be hopeful and they would be grateful and they would be hungry to create something. I'll give you an example that's, I guess, okay. more, more <clears throat> connected to us. I've been wanting to work with you for six years. I've thought you are really the answer to my prayers. And here we are well, some you. six years later, you awarded me the opportunity to represent Aww. and publish your book. And, uh, you know, I told people when I had a DJ business, I said, they'd say, how long has your, have your DJs been working for you? I said, that doesn't matter. And they said, how is that possible? And I said, what matters is how much they care about your wedding. And so if you have a person that's only been working one year as a DJ, who cares about your wedding more than the person who's been working there 12 years or 15 years, you actually got a better choice by working with the less experienced person. And that's actually a great example of Theo. I don't know how many big movies he had done before Wishman, but he 
cared so much about this project that time was not going to dissuade him and he was not going to quit. Well, it's true. And when you care about a product, uh, project and it comes to you, like mine is Women Against Child Trafficking. This person called me that I knew and told me that the meter reader went behind the house. And these were million-dollar homes, gated community, and there were four little boys chained together. You think that didn't break my heart? Mm. I started Women Against Child Trafficking to take care of our kids. What is that website? I don't know that it's got a website. I have speakers that go out to different clubs and speak well, on it. Well, we need to create a website if there isn't one. And if there is one, which I hope there is, we will make sure that that is in the notes. Because, June, what you're talking about, people are going to want to go somewhere. To, and they have to have a website. Okay. Channel. Do you know that yes. I'm very short? He handed me a card. And he handed me that card. And I only have a Chinese one um, next to me. But I asked him, where do people go? And he didn't have a Keep Smiling movement. He didn't have a Keep Smiling website. He didn't have a Keep Smiling social media. But he had actually the message, and he had the heart, and he had the joy. And I'm just saying to you, this is the biggest gift I'm going to give you for all you've done oh, with sweet. me is we have to have a place where the world can come, just like Frank's idea of Make-A-Wish Foundation. If he hadn't created the website and created the movement, there would not be this conversation we had today in, in, in before your talk. Well, these people come into your life. Ted Gunderson, it's another in the, the he was the first one to expose the child trafficking. And I knew him well. I knew when he died, but I didn't know he had been assassinated for bringing this to the public. This is many years ago. Hmm. And these people, it's so cruel. They will kill people that are trying to expose them. Because this is a lot of evil. the way of the rich people. It's evil. Mm -hmm. And evil people don't have any regard for life. Mm -hmm. And they don't think a life is precious. Yeah. And the biggest reason why is because they haven't read your upcoming book to know that they could be valuable in a good way. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> well, that's an interesting facet is that there are people in this world that were never loved and they became the monsters. Just like if you fed the non-toxin of happiness and love and hope, you create the angels. Oh, how beautiful, thank you. It's beautiful, Ken. Well, thank you, June. I'm, I can only speak with what I'm touched by. Yes. And uh, I actually don't wanna forget to say this because I could never forget to say it, but I wanna say it now. You were one of the most important people in my life last year because you called me and asked me if I was okay, knowing that my life and my income was completely connected to events. And you didn't just ask, you cared and you didn't just care, but you took a stand. And I want to tell you how much that meant to me. No, thank you. Thank you. But that's passing it on. Look what other people have done for me. Mm -hmm. It's in our DNA. And if we can have that kind of stuff in our DNA, we're not, we're just there to do what. <laughs> I'm there to help you anytime. Well, thank you, Jen. And so, this book uh, is going to make a fortune. I just want you to take all the money. Well, really, the, the, blessed. The book is going to make a fortune because it's a message that creates abundance. Yes. 
you guys are hearing it here first, Perfect Publishing, Ken Rashawn, is <laughs> yes. June Davidson oh, reveal her Dr. secret June magic Davidson. with the world. Yes. Dr. June Davidson, yes. her magic with the world. The things that have not been previously revealed uh, have some great excitement coming up. And uh, she's just a beautiful woman and Ken's a beautiful soul. So these two together, it's going to be some great information. And I believe you're right, June. You do manifest your own de- destiny and you're certainly an example of that. Yes, I am. You know, well, come out the cotton um, fields chopping cotton and, and get to where I am today. It just rolls in, and we're going to keep rolling it in. So you were in the fields chopping cotton. Mm-hmm. Tell me when that was and, and how that was like. Well, that was back in the... Always. So don't worry about years. the when as in okay. the actual year, but just when it was your childhood. It was your childhood. Yeah. But how many years of your childhood? Well, I chopped and picked cotton from the time I was big enough to go to the fields because my mom and dad worked the fields. I mean, mm. we had a small place, and so did all the people at Das Colony, including, as I said, Johnny Cash. We worked the fields. So that would be like age four, five? Well, probably I could, I could do something at age four, yes. And how long did you do it? Well, I did it uh, until I was like uh, 17, 18 years old. So what do you think? farm. Yeah, so working on a farm, you you don't become a stranger to work, and no. you certainly don't become a stranger to um, accountability. And because if it doesn't get done, it's going to go on you, and that's right. You could lose the farm, right? So, yes. the questions uh, relating to your book is how does how does that experience help you cause you to have the the written content, but also the mindset to create what you want? It's what other people did for me. Okay, give me some, some examples. Well, just like I said, you know, when I started working for Mr. Heisey and he sold me the business for $3,000, I didn't want any business, but that people can see in you what you don't see in yourself, and that's the greatest thing of all. And then to go on and do what he – I worked nights in other uh, attorney's office so I could pay off that $3,000. In those days, that was like 300000 or something. <laughs> well, what was the next opportunity you had? Well, then he left me $7,000, and I moved that forward. And then I, I oh, yes, I did. You become a specialist. Now I had my real estate license, and then I got my broker's license, and then I specialized. I didn't just have a real estate. So I did a, a move with relocation where the people were coming to California to get a job, and it was mainly in the aero industry. And so I would get a real estate person back where they were. But when they came in, even the two hotels in gave me places in their lobby because I would take the wife out to show her the community while the husband was being interviewed. Hmm. And, of course, when she saw the community, she inspired him to take the job. So it worked perfectly. So I had a, the relocation business. I moved the entire Motown record company from Detroit to Beverly Hills. Did you? Yes, I had an office right next to Diana Ross. Wow. <laughs> yeah, my what, about Mr. what about Mr. Gordy? Uh, yes, his was the Motown Record Company. Mm-hmm. Yes, I did that. And you know what was so sad about it? Tell me. Those people had managers. And the managers didn't pay any of their hotel bills. The managers put all that money in their pocket. The credit rating for those people was horrible. I had to mainly see that they had a house to rent until somebody could clear up their credit. So you go behind the scenes of these things, and it's, it's 
So you just help wherever you can. So bring us up to date from the time that you're talking about all the way up to CEO space. What, what happened in those years that caused you to choose CEO space, but uh, that, how did you find that type of opportunity? Well, Bernie was speaking everywhere. And of course I attend a lot of meetings. And so when he spoke, uh, then he interviewed people personally. And I plainly said, I'm not joining anything unless I can teach. <laughs> That's how I got on faculty. Well, you are. And I brought a lot of people in, I brought a lot of money in. Well, wow. a lot of money. And w so tell me what that means. Well, that means, um, that means he needed the money to keep moving the business. So I just pitched in and, and helped a lot. I think I Were you a chapter president? No, I don't. I wasn't a chapter president. I just was involved in the regular one. But uh, I raised money, uh, probably close to $100,000. I bet. I'm good, at doing I'm good at raising money. <laughs> I know that about you, Jean. I wanted the <laughs> audience to hear that about you. So what, what is it that causes someone to be good at raising money? They have to believe in the source. They have to believe in what it is. If they don't believe in it, they can't sell anything. Mm -hmm. I believe in what I'm doing. I believe that everybody has a millionaire within them. All they have to do is access it. And they've been swallowing the poison of their past. And that's been what's stopping them. So allow, allow it to flow in. It's a flow pattern. And don't hold it. You know, pass it on. So my lovely audience of amplifiers and leaders, I want to let you know that Dr. June Davidson has written a book and she is sending me the manuscript. I can't wait for this book to come out, but it is a lifetime's work. It will cause your lifetime to flourish. It'll cause all the people you love to embrace this new way of living, which is really love. Yes, it is. It really yes. is. So there's a gentleman that you met, Eugene. And I am indebted to him because he is someone who takes care of you and makes sure that your technological woes and really <laughs> anything that you need, it seems like he takes care of. So I'm giving a shout out personally to Eugene. Thank you, Eugene. But uh, June, if you would also be so kind as to say how you met him and who he is to you. Well, I was drinking in an Irish pub. We used to go there after work and the Chess Code had just been executed in Romania. So what the air conditioning fellow said to me, he said, we have to open up international trade immediately. So we all drank to opening up international trade. He says, June, I'm following you home tonight. I says, what for? He says, you're packing your suitcase. I have you enrolled in international trading school in Washington, DC, and we're leaving in the morning. I said, I got to doctor. June, you're not listening to me. <laughs> he followed me home. And I'm in international trading school for two weeks in Washington. So I think I don't remember signing up. So then he says, we're going back to your house. You're going to pack your bags and we're headed to Romania. So I called all my friends that I'd been drinking with. And even the man that owned the restaurant went to Romania with us. So we had a crew going to Romania so that we could open up business because they had been, you know, in communism for I don't know how many years. So Eugene picked us up at the airport. And his, Eugene's a wonderful yeah, man. His, yeah. So his, why Romania? Why well, did, that was why, where why? they were coming out from under, because the heating and air conditioning man was from Romania. Well, tell me how you got there, though. How'd you get to Romania? 
Well, because he took me to that school and then he took me back home and he made me pack my. No, 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 June. I'm talking about before that. You, when you got to Romania, what caused you to even go to Romania the very first time? Well, because uh, I felt that they needed us to help them. Because okay, you, because you didn't call me about it. Yeah. And so, I, and then I called the other people and about five or six of us that went over to help. We went over. So uh, what year roughly was it that you went to Washington, D.C. for this school? Or when what decade? Francesco's executed. <laughs> okay, I'll have to look that up then. Okay. And then, of course, I adopted Eugene. Right. Yeah, but that was after he came here. He came now, you, you come from a large family. Yes. There was originally 12 of us. And uh, I recall over the years I've known you that you have lost some of your siblings. So. Oh, yes. Yes, I just have one sister left. So you're going to make it to the 120? Oh, yes. Good. <laughs> That's what I want. I, 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 mean, I wish I wish I'd had this talk with, well, I wish I'd ta had this talk with uh, Frank Spankwitz because I forgot to tell him to live to 120 and look, he didn't listen. Well, he didn't know. <laughs> I'm blessed. I am probably one of the most blessed people in the whole world. Well, you take care of your sister, and that's I will. why I, I know. Well, no, you do because I, yeah. half the time I call you, yeah, you don't answer the phone because you're at your sister's taking care yes. of her because she falls down a little bit. Yes, but right now her daughter is there, so I'm free. Oh, so tell me about your <laughs> tell me about your other brothers and sisters. Did any of them uh, follow suit? If they were alive, would they be uh, would they be in your book as uh, examples yes. of the mentor uh, the millionaire mindset? My brother Billy Eugene Prysock is in the United States Army Hall of Fame. Hmm. And he was younger than me, but I, would, I ran the woods with the boys, and I was a good shooter. Well, we're going to do something kind of special today, <laughs> June. Mm -hmm. so, what gonna, so what we normally do is we do a shorter rapid fire, but I feel like you're holding the cards in too much of all the things you could share in this show. And so I want the audience to hear how you process, download, and have created who you are. So I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions, and so is Andre. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'd like you to tell me a, a book or two that changed your life. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jim Rohn, and I wrote, uh, put together an anthology book after I met him where other people could have chapters in it, but we were the best of friends. Uh, so his work was the, some of the work that I, I really honored, and, of course, I love Leonardo da Vinci. So do I. The history. But most people don't know the history. Tell, tell us a little tidbit about uh, the history. The beautiful part of it all is his father had an affair with a barmaid. And, of course, when he was born, the wife of his father had never had a child. She went down and took him. She would not let him stay in the bar with that woman. She took him as her own. She raised him. And she would promote him. He was her life. It's the most beautiful story. You know, uh, since you gave me a tidbit about my ultimate hero, so Leonardo da Vinci is my ultimate hero. At age six, I was studying his work. I was drawing his drawings. I was reading everything I could about him. But I just recently found out that he was dyslexic. And so he would write notes to himself in reverse and hold them in a mirror so he could read them. Yes. And for everyone else, he wrote regular. But he wrote to himself Reverse. Yes, <laughs> brilliant, just brilliant man. Totally brilliant, and he, and also just the fact that he took time to have a millionaire mindset that he would take a nap and let his mind cultivate all these yes. ideas. Yes. Okay, yes. so what's a book that you give to people? I don't know. The, oh, my, my books that I write, all of these workbooks, I, I give a lot of them away. 
All right. Well, we need to get them in the ebooks so we can start giving some of them away so we can change the world electronically too. Do you I have your books as ebooks? I, I have, yes, I have e some ebooks, not all of them in ebooks, but I well, write. What, I, what I'm going to propose is that <laughs> if we make these as ebooks that people can print and have in the back of the ebooks your new book, The Millionaire Mindset, that we will cultivate a lot of people transitioning from a non mindset like this to a mindset like that. How about that? Mm -hmm. Oh yes, it is a transition, and that's where they get their their strength to go through. So it. we have we have a lot of questions for you. So answer them uh, as short as you possibly can with feeling completely self-expressed. So Andrea. So June, um, I love music, as does Ken. So what is the song that you play or sing or hum when you want to get really jazzed up? Hmm, I have to think about that. It has to have some uh, jazz to it so I can dance around a bit. Well, what about Johnny Cash? Was Johnny Cash a Oh, a yeah. Movie? Well, I knew him, so, uh, and that life together was tight. No. Were you surprised that he became Robbins, a big Marty oh. Robbins is my favorite. I met Marty Robbins, and he be begged me to go on the road with him. I said, can't, Marty. I'd lose my street corner. <laughs> hey, do you remember a white sport coat? Yes. <laughs> yes, he. These are the he days of going to the polo lounge in Beverly Hills. Marty Robbins was huge. Did you yes. anticipate Johnny Cash would be so big? No, because growing up, you know, he didn't. He just didn't know. No. Okay, so uh, do you watch movies? Uh, I watch forensics. Forensics. Oh, that, you and I they, have that in common. So, what what do you watch? There's a whole file on forensics on the television. Yes. That's the only it's thing. Forensic files. Yes, and it's chap. It's uh, fifty-two in my channel. Is it in yours? Your channel. <laughs> I want them to get them. All right, Andre. And I could tell some. Oh, well, I'm not going to go into that right now. <laughs> I'll get. We'll, we'll save that for the book. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, yeah. You and I have to talk afterwards because I'm trained in forensic profiling. So we'll have oh, you mind. are. Yeah. Well, so. I got Go the fact. You remember when they killed the 23 women on the Hillside Strangler? Yes. Mm -hmm. I was the first one that was attacked. But he made me so mad right here on my hill. He made me so mad. I knocked him down on the ground and started beating the heck out of him. And he rolled out from under me. Wow. Really? That, so you're the one who got away. That should be in your book. That should be in no, your book. No, it's not in my book. <laughs> no, it, no, it is now. It's going to be in your book with Ken. That's a big deal, June. No wonder you love forensic profiling. Yeah. Well, I went everywhere to try to see if they could catch him. I thought, take fingerprints off of my blouse. Take fingerprints off my neck. I went to the police, and the police don't control the mountains, so they sent me to the sheriff. I did everything possible because I knew he was a killer. Well, going back to uh, the, the rapid fire, because that's important, but we have some other questions for you, June. And that's going to be something we're going to, to build out into the book, okay? Okay. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. Andre? If you had a superhero power, what would it be, June? A superhero power? Healing. I have healing hands. But I had to give it up because I couldn't make any money. They used to take me into the hospital. And uh, I would heal. But then I had family. I had adopted children. Uh, I lost a sister from cancer, and I adopted her children, too. So... I couldn't make any money because you can't do that and make money. But I think uh, I might like to go back and do some of that work. Hey, June. It's always with you. That's right. Hey, June. Mm -hmm. I love you. <laughs> I love you, too. <laughs> we can tell hey, the world. 
Yeah, we're going to change the world. That's for sure. So who is, uh, who are you dedicating the book to? I'm going to dedicate it to my sister and my niece because it wouldn't have happened without them because I write everything and I don't always write it right. So they took the book and, and you know, did work on it. So, and I forgot to tell you, I wanted to. Um, okay. And before we run out of time, I know Andrea may have one more question, but uh, what is, what is Harvard? Who is Harvard uh, to you? Oh, well, I'm a founding fellow at the Institute of Coaching at Harvard. When they first opened up coaching, I was the first one of the group that went back to be trained. Mm -hmm. Train and take every coach that I train, I also give them membership into Harvard. Looking forward to it. Yes. See the smile? <laughs> yeah, I see it. I see it. <laughs> Andrea? Well, Ken, for the sake of time, I want to uh, make sure that you get your favorite question in. Well, June, my favorite question I always end with is what's a quote you live by? A quote that I live by, I think it's connection more than a quote, as long as I can sit outside and look at the good Lord in my mountains. That's what I live by. Thank you, June. You're welcome. Thank you. Well, we have amplified the universe. We've amplified the 11th planet, and we are about to amplify the download of the work that God has given you so yes. that people can be free of the toxins, mm -hmm. the poisons, and the negative talk that they have and others have for them. Yes. So they can be the powerful self they deserve to be. Absolutely. The powerful self their loved ones deserve to have. Absolutely. Thank you, June. You, are, you have no idea. I'm sure you have some idea, but you have no idea how much world will shift because of this so thank you it's a big shift and it's going to happen people just yes. take the key to making it happen well you were everything i thought you'd be in this show <laughs> thank you and so i can't wait for uh, a visit to you and for us to get this book launched uh, this summer and june is definitely june is definitely the target date and then we're Wonderful. going to do we're going to do a re-release launch on 11 11 Oh, wonderful. What? We have to, we have to do a double down. I mean, yeah. you, you have worked so hard and so long on this. This is a double launch for sure. Wow. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank plus you. Washington, so, plus Washington, D.C. and Harvard needs to see you in November. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Whatever. I'm ready to go. Thank you. So Jane. while I, I thank our sponsors, June, if you'll raise your glass, she has this beautiful glass of champagne with a strawberry. With a frozen strawberry. Yes, and come, come a in toast. a little more so we can get a nice picture of you with it. There we go. And not only go. that, I have a attitude. Yes, you do. Had a bad. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got a picture going, Ray? Yes, I do. All right, All let right. me get a couple here. Hold She's up, having too it, much hold fun. The, hold the glass. There you go. Hold it up a little higher. There you go. Beautiful. <laughs> so thanks Thank you, to Jim. our sponsors for um, have, being sponsors so we can have people like June on Opus.Finance, The Umbrella Syndicate, The Red Carpet Connection, Big Events USA, Voice America Influencers Channel, wow. Perfect Publishing. And uh, with that, we thank you so much. We'll be back next week with a live tribute to Frank Shankwitz, um, a hero and a legend that we all love, The Wish Man. Uh, until yes. then, I encourage people to watch the movie so uh, you can see we his can. life and yes. um and then uh looks like we get to see a little guest appearance with uh kenny this morning and he ah! made this his hand yes yay <laughs> kenny made this uh, uh kenny made this hand just say hi hi kenny hi. 
It's been a long time since I've seen you. CEO space. She said she said it's been a long time since she saw you, Kenny, since CEO space when you were really little. Okay. Yeah. So he made this hand for children that don't have hands or actually uh, an adult in this case. So he worked all weekend on this. He's going to start making hands for people like that. Yeah, he's actually he's putting the strings together so that it can grip a bottle or a glass or a glass of champagne. How wonderful. Isn't that amazing? It's so we amazing. Have, we'll, have, we'll have her on another day, but uh, uh, um, Maria Estrada with Enabled Hands. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. She created this uh, technology and she goes to Boy Scout troops and we got a sneak peek and I asked her if she'd come over to the house. And uh, so we're going a little over time, June, but I want to tell you, uh -huh. this is possible because of you adopting me, as it were, and calling <laughs> me family. So I just want to tell you, 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 have no idea, you really have no idea what a difference you made by calling me some 10 months or 11 months ago and saying, yeah. are you okay? I know this is hurting. So thank you. Yeah. Well, we love him, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we, we do. do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes, he loves them too. <laughs> yes. He's waving goodbye. Bye-bye, uh, <laughs> sweetheart. I understand you like Leonardo da Vinci. Oh, yeah. She's asking if you like Leonardo da Vinci. I understand mm. you like Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. I do too, so we'll have to spend some time together. Okay. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he's going to appreciate Leonardo da Vinci more. Um, he doesn't know how much my impact with Leonardo da Vinci has caused him to have impact because he's oh, got a he's got a problem solving mind, an engineer mind. Yeah. yeah. You oh, know he uh, he wouldn't. So he uh, Voice America is going to close, <laughs> but we can continue to go on. So thank you. We'll see you next week with Frank Shankwitz, and All we right. can talk a couple seconds here live on Facebook or just talk with June because we want to. So thank you guys all for Voice America. Thank Amplified you. Amplified with Ken Rashawn, Executive you. Director Andrea Adams Miller. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this week's edition of Amplified. Be sure to join Ken Rashad again next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time and 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go get your message heard.